Welcome to the Speak Your Way to Cash podcast, a podcast where we teach speakers how to land paid speaking engagements and corporate contracts. Each week, we deliver high-quality content that teaches you how to level up your speaking business. Be sure to join the Speak Your Way to Cash Facebook group after having your mind blown by this information-filled episode. Now, here's your host, Ashley Kirkwood, lawyer and professional speaker. This is the Speak Your Way to Cash podcast. Hey guys, it's Ashley Kirkwood with the Speak Your Way to Cash podcast. I'm here with Felicia Kelly, sales strategist, wealth strategist, wealth catalyst, expert extraordinaire. So I'm going to let her introduce herself, but the topic today is sales. So Felicia, welcome to Speak Your Way to Cash. Hey now, thank you for having me. Definitely. Thank you so much for being here. So tell us your personal story. How did you go from your six-figure job to becoming an entrepreneur to then making multiple six figures in your own business? Ooh, how many days do we have to talk about it? Lord, I'm going to try <laughs> to condense it, okay? I actually got my start in the auto industry in the mid-2000s, uh, right as the economy was crashing. And so I was 19 years old, lost my job, and really just needed to work. I was trying to work my way through college and I opened up the newspaper. Let me date myself a little bit. Um, I opened up the newspaper and it said make up to $80,000 a year. And um, I had never seen that kind of money. I was making 1600 bucks a month and I knew that I needed some money. So I gave it a shot and sales just became my jam. And so I worked my way up from the sales floor to finance manager to new car sales manager. And I eventually went to corporate and trained sales teams and trained general managers worked side by side with car dealers to increase their productivity and, and provide better sales strategies. And so I realized I was doing it for other people. And my husband was like, maybe you have something here. Maybe, you know, these people keep coming back and keep coming to talk to you about, you know, their deals and credit and money and wealth and sales. Maybe you should start a business. And so four years later, here we are doing it for clients all over the world. And so that's the, the Reader's Digest version of my start. That is amazing. And I love, I can't remember when I first decided to invite you on the show. So my, the reason I know Felicia, guys, if you're listening or watching, and if you are listening and want to watch, join the Speak Your Way to Cash Facebook group. You could watch these interviews live. I saw an interview you did and it was all about, it was just speaking to me. I don't know why. I thought It was like so personal because she was like, yes, I work with women CEOs. They're bosses. They know exactly what they want, but they're like at the tip to 20K a month and they want to get out of that because they need to hire a team, hire a nanny. I was like, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I need to hire a nanny. I need to hire a team. I'm making money. I need to figure it out. I need to be at a level where it's just not a problem. And then I also love that you were a Christian because I'm a Christian guy. Some of y'all may not know that because I normally don't mix business with church, but I'm a Christian and I loved that you were a believer and you were still able to talk about wealth in a way yeah. that was relatable, whether you were a Christian or anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, the thing is about, you know, and, and even when I speak to kingdom people, a lot of times I speak to the black church because my white friends, my Spanish friends, they don't have a problem talking about money, but my people that I meet that grow up in black church culture, they think that poor equals humility and having not having money doesn't make you humble it makes you broke and so i'm of the mentality that if we are going to be individuals who are going to build businesses we need to build businesses that can impact not just our own personal lives but the lives of the people we're assigned to and the, the communities we love and the only way to do that is to make a whole lot of money and if you have to jump on a jet have a nanny to take care of those babies right so that's what i speak to because that's what i believe in my in my core no that makes a lot of sense and jet 
That is my language too, because you know, this is so off topic and I promise for the speakers listening, like we are going to get to the speaking stuff, but Facebook has been showing me these private jet ads and I did the, why are you showing me this ad? And it said, Facebook believes <laughs> that you're in the top 10% of earners on Facebook. And I was like, Facebook is prophetic. Look at Facebook telling me about my future. So Hello. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes we're ahead of the game. And I do think though, like for people listening, a lot of my audience they're women and minorities. And a lot of us struggle, even like, even if you weren't raised in the black church, you struggle with price setting. And it's oh, because, yes. and, and for speaking, because it's something that's so intangible, a lot of what I work with with my clients is, okay, setting the price for the speech based on the value of the speech, not the time. Because mm -hmm. they'll think like, oh, I'm making $5,000 for an hour speech. That's great, but it's not about the time. It's about the value of the speech. So can you talk about, do you remember in the beginning stages of your sales career, how did you, were you always comfortable talking about money or how did you build that confidence to talk about money and to become really good at sales? This is an excellent question. No, I was not always comfortable talking about money, but what shifted me was one, I didn't have a choice. Um, I was the only black female in my department. I was only one of three women in the entire sales department of the entire company. And so I learned that men are going to talk about money and they're going to ask for every dollar. And it was my job to learn that very quickly because one, I worked on commission. And not mm. only did I work on commission, I was putting myself through school. Now, three mm. weeks later, when I got that first $3,000 check that I made in 10 day, days, I did quit college. But that's another story. Um, but I realized that price is only going to be transactional after you create value. Mm. And I learned that at 19 years old. And I realized that price was just the transaction, but value was in the eye of the buyer. And so if you could present value to the buyer, it didn't matter if it was $19,000 or $90,000. Once they saw the value that it, how it was going to impact their life for greater, whether that was a mom and dad needing a van for their four children, or whether that was a person, a single person wanting a sports car, it didn't matter what it was. Once you communicated the, how the value was going to positively impact their life, price meant nothing to them. Yep. That I was the shit. That. I love that you say that. And for the speakers that are out there, when I'm having conversations with clients and or negotiating on behalf of my legal clients, one of the things that I like to do is frame what they're buying. So a lot of people think you're buying a speech. You're not buying just mm -hmm. a speech. You are paying me to come in and transform the way the people think forever. That is what you're paying me to do. And there's really no value to that. But what I charge for it, like you can't really pay the worth of that. But what I charge for it is X amount of dollars. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people don't know how to have the framing conversation because they've never spent that amount of money or they wouldn't spend that amount of money on what they're offering. So what mm -hmm. do you say to people who are like, I don't know if I could charge 10 grand because I've never dropped 10 grand. That's the first problem. You need to go drop 10 grand. That's the first problem, <laughs> right? The first problem, I have clients come to me. I have a few prospects I'm conversing with right now who are like, well, Felicia, I want to create a five-figure offer because the, at the top end of what we do is we help powerhouse women create five-figure offers and scale with them. And I'm wondering, well, have you dropped five figures before? They're like, well, no, I'm still investing, you know, in 297 courses. Well, that's oh, the no. first problem, right? You cannot sell something that, uh, you can't sell a level you haven't invested in because you don't know what it takes. You have you cannot communicate to that individual because you haven't been in their shoes. You have not 
been afraid to spend 20 grand on a coach or 20 grand on whatever and had to listen to someone help you overcome your fear and then you pull in the trigger. So when you have a client coming to you, whether it is a speaking client or a coaching client, anyone where you're presenting a five-figure offer to them, you're going to have trouble overcoming those objections because you still object yourself. So we have to be very sure and we have to make sure that we're in a space that we're, we're speaking from a space that we've overcome. I look at value based on how this individual is going to be shifted exponentially in their life. When you come to me, you're not just coming to me and my team because you want to entire life is impacted. It's not just about the money. You're going to have a better marriage. You're going to have better friendships. You're going to have a better business. You're going to have a team. You're going to be providing jobs. What is that worth? You can't put a number to that, but we will put an investment to it so that you can understand the value of what you're getting. No, that's really, really good. And if you all who are joining live have questions, please drop them in the comments. And, you know, what I would say to that, too, is that sometimes we don't know what the possibilities are because we have limited exposure. So you came from a world where you were already making six figures. You were already having you were having sales conversations with people every day. So, you know, that every day people spend money. And that's one of the values. Of, yes. If you are, if you have a corporate job and you can work in sales, do it. I was an inside sales professional, outside sales professional, made cold calls hundreds of times a day and had to convince people who didn't know me from Adam whether or not they would do a deal. And what I learned was people spend money every day. And if you put in the work, they'll spend the money. And a lot of folks that I interact with in the Speaker Rated Cash community are sometimes just surprised that people even are getting these deals, that they're yes. getting 20, 30, 40, $50,000 deals. Like one deal, one check is 50K from a corporation who's licensing your products or something like that. So I think if you're already past the point where you can't work in sales, you need to expose yourself to new things and expose yourself to different people who are doing the things that you want to do. So do you have any tips for exposure, like on the friendship level, on the uh, sales level, any books they should be reading? Because I'm I just believe if you could see it, you could believe it. Yes. Yes. I am a huge fan of exposure. And I don't mean the exposure like the people don't want to pay you to come speak. So they're going to give you some exposure. No, I mean the type of exposure that is going to awaken senses that you didn't know you had. A lot of women come to me and they say, well, Felicia, I really don't care about the bags and the shoes and strips. I just want to make a difference. And you find six months later after they work with me, they're in a Louis store buying bags. And I was like, wait, but you said, no, it's not that they don't have, they, it's hard to have a taste for something you haven't tasted before. Or that you don't so, believe you can get. So instead you just say, I, I don't really, I don't really yeah. want that. But really it's that I don't think I'll ever achieve that. So I want to like yes. hold my inner beliefs and inner wants down. That way I'm not disappointed. Yeah. I'm just going to settle up front so that way I don't get my feelings hurt. I don't get disappointed. And as far as some tips for that, start with one yourself. And if you have children, your children, you are not going to be able to impress my daughter with a beans. You're not going to be able to impress my daughter with a nice dinner. My son is four and he can order order off a menu with the best of them. It started with going to that nice dinner. It started with the little things that people say, but they don't actually do. Going to those um, multi-million dollar home open houses. Going and saying, okay, do I really not want this kind of life? Or have I just not exposed myself to it to where I can believe it's possible? And also getting around people that make you uncomfortable. You have to get around people who make you feel like you're not the smartest one in the room. And you have to be okay sitting in that discomfort and also sitting in a space where you don't have the opportunity to showcase your expertise. I know this online space has us believing that we're always supposed to be showcasing our expertise, Mm -hmm. but 
in order for you to become a higher level individual, you're going to have to get into rooms where your job is just there to learn. You're going to have to probably pay for some $1,500 conferences. You're probably going to have to do that. You're probably going to have to go to some neighborhoods that are gated and only open on Sunday afternoons. You're going to have to make those sacrifices. If you live in a small town, you're going to have to go to a metro area and Google that nice neighborhood. Google the most expensive house in Chicago, most expensive house in Charlotte or wherever you are in order to start seeing those things because that's what was the game changer for me. In 2017, I was invited onto a yacht in corporate and I had never been on a yacht. I had really settled in some spaces. And let me tell you something, when I got on that yacht and I realized that not only was I on the yacht, but all the people that were on the yacht with me, that was their day-to-day life. They weren't excited. They weren't impressed. It was normal for them. And you get around some people where big money is normal, I promise you, you'll be a different individual. Oh my gosh. Can we talk about that? And and here's the thing. The reason this conversation is so critical is because you can't sell to a level that you don't believe exists. Mm-mm. So it doesn't matter what you're selling, guys. We're talking about the mindset of sales and just realizing what's out there. I will never forget working at one of the large firms I worked at. And someone told me, you know, that partner makes 30 million a year. And I was like, he makes what? <laughs> they were like 30 million a year is what he makes, not what he brings yeah. in, what he makes. Yeah. So when you think about the fact that there are people, one, who have jobs who are doing extraordinarily well. So it's not that I always see that, you know, you have to be an entrepreneur to, to, you know, have money or to have wealth or to accumulate things. That's not true. One, but two, the way I loved the fact that I worked somewhere with someone that was making that amount of money wasn't what really impressed me. What was exciting to me was that I could go and talk to him and I would go and talk to these partners that were making millions upon millions a year. And they literally, I will never forget. One of the partners sat me down and was like, you know what I like about you, Ashley? You're not scared. You're the only associate that's ever walked in my office ever. And I've been at the firm 30 plus years. You're the only one that's walked in and just asked me about my life, how I invest, how I built the wealth, what I do. And you know what I noticed? And this is what made me realize I had to leave. He was making that much money because he loved what he was doing. I I didn't like it. I was there bored, twiddling my thumbs, trying to figure out how to do something else, try to like do pro bono work so I could be fulfilled. But he loved it. He loved what he was doing. And because he loved it, he did it and he sold it with ease. And the Mm -hmm. way he talked to clients, Girl, it was almost like they were paying him just for his, like it was, he was not cowarding down to them at Mm -hmm. all. He Mm -hmm. was telling them what they were going to pay, telling them what they were going to do and telling them why they were going to do it. And what I see a lot is we sell in a way that's like, oh, please give me the money. Please. I don't know what I need. I don't know what I can do. No, we get on the phone like, yeah, Bill. Yeah, you got the bill. Yeah, that's what you're going to pay. That's what you're going to pay because I'm going to get it done. And you know, I'm the guy, you know, I'm the guy. And of course, these are all old white men, (laughs) but they got it done. And I loved it. And that's when I realized people are not paying me to just sit like they don't want someone who's not confident. They don't want someone who's like, who lives in the land of false humility. They want someone to trust because they're sure because they actually are good at what they're saying. Yes. I love that. And we got a park right there because that was a shift for me. And it was because one of my managers at the time I worked with, I'll never forget it. Forget it. One of my coworkers name was Steven and Steven is an ex-drug dealer, right? And I always found that ex-drug dealers made the best salespeople. And so I learned a lot from him because he had no fear. He'd done all these years in prison. He had nothing to lose, like no fear. And so I was listening to him one day because I'm of the the mindset that if you see someone who's extremely successful and you get around them, you need to close your mouth and open your ears. 
And so I listened to him. And one of my sales managers said, Felicia, the reason Steven sells so well and people buy at whatever price he says is because he's not an order taker. Understand that you are a consultant. You are not an order taker. There are no butlers here. So if you are waiting for someone to tell you what they need, tell you what they want, and you're just going to do what they say, you're never going to make any money. And no, we, it's not all about making money, but you need to make money. And so many of people, uh, these coaches and consultants and speakers that I see in sales, every, let's be clear, every last one of us is in sales. Everybody's a salesperson. And they spend this time hoping that someone will, will buy. When you need to realize that people need to be hoping you come into their life, that's what we have to shift into. There are no butlers here. We know what we're doing. We're the experts. And if you're coming to us, it's because you know that we're going to change your life. So we're going to tell you what you need. We're going to tell you the price. And then you are going to be empowered to make the decision from there. And if you choose not to make that decision that is going to further your life and put you in a better position, then you're the one who should feel guilty, not us. Absolutely. Hey guys, I want to come in really quickly and tell you all about the Speak Your Way to Cash course. This course is for speakers who are looking to consistently book paid speaking engagements. In short, if you are ready to speak your way to cash, this is the course you need. There are over 17 modules, you heard that right, 17, that cover getting clarity in your speaking career, branding through the press, a seven-figure sales panel, selecting your niche and finding engagement, selling your signature speech and building it out, onboarding and offboarding clients, implementation and taking it to the next level. And then let me tell you about the 10 bonus trainings that encompass the 17 trainings that you're going to get. The bonus trainings cover things like branding as a speaker, the best tools for finding engagements, determining whether a topic is viable, speech writing for success, speaking techniques, self-publishing for speakers, sales success, landing association and college clients, navigating the conference market, and so much more. You even get the exact pitch templates that I use to land college clients over and over again, and the press pitch templates that I use. So look, you can get this course by going to ashleynicolekirkwood.com slash S-Y-W-T-C course. ashleynicolekirkwood.com slash S-Y-W-T-C course. Or just enter Ashley Kirkwood Speak Your Way to Cash course in Google and it should come right up. Thanks guys for listening. Let's get back to this interview. And we got a question from Caliph. He says, how do you go from working a nine to five and accumulate wealth when realistically you have all these bills to pay? I'm a senior in college and I don't want to just spend my life paying bills and then die. Whoa. So he really wants to know how do you do it? And I think speak specifically to like people who are watching who are like, okay, I get I need to make the five figure investment. I ain't got five figures. I get I need to like invest in and be at a higher level, but I don't have the money to spend. How do you how do you do it realistically when you're just starting out? Excellent question. And here's the thing. I have been in this situation so I can speak to this, not just from my clients, but from experience. One, you're not running out of time. Take a breath. It's okay. If you're a senior in college, you work a nine to five, you have time, but now you don't have time to waste, right? So when you don't have the money, time is your friend. So you're going to have to get up earlier. You're going to have to read some books. The information that we teach is all out there. It's just that when you're able to hire and invest, you can shorten the curve. But if you don't have that luxury right now, then you need to continue to one, do things like you're doing now and look at in groups and spaces like this where you can get quality information. Also, books on the topic are your friend. Every month, you need to be studying a different topic. What is the topic that you're focused on this month? For the first quarter, end of 
last year, first quarter of this year, my topic that I was immersed in was leadership because I knew I was going to have to expand my team. So I wasn't in the space where I needed to invest in a twenty or $30,000 leadership coach, but I knew I could buy about 12 books and really immerse myself and take notes and not just read it, but read for understanding and implement what I was reading. And that was the game changer. Also continuing to make sure that your headspace is clear from people who are not speaking the right language. Ooh, so yeah. make sure you're listening to the right people. Absolutely. And as it relates to the right language, that is so, 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 so critical. And I just remember going from undergrad with a 2.1 GPA to going to law school and graduating top of my class from one of the best law schools in the country. That transition, I'm pretty sure, was mainly about language and space, protecting my space, protecting my language. When people would get around me and say, oh, you're not going to be able to do that. You can't transfer law schools. You won't even get into law school. I did not agree with them. When people, even when people say things like, oh, that's a lot of money, don't agree with those assertions. My dad's a pastor. So he, he talks about this all the time. Like we put ourselves in agreement with things that we don't even agree with. And then that locks in and changes our space. Like we don't need to do that. You don't need to agree with everyone. If you raise your rates and people are like, oh, that's a lot of money. That's not your story. That's theirs. That is so good. You know, and it's not always about cutting people off, right? I'm no. not a fan of necessarily team cut off, but I am going to be protective of my space. I'm going to be protective of my ear gates. And what I read is important. What I watch is important. Who I listen to is important. I just had a text from a client say, just crossed my first 100K month. Three weeks ago, I told her to do a budget for it. You want to make a million dollars? Do a budget for 85K a month. That's what you need to do right now. She was like, okay. She did it. Just got the message right before I logged in to chat with you. Crossed 100K. Just oh, like well, that. I like that because you just told me to do a budget. Boop, that's next on my list before our next call. Mm-hmm. You know, I just love, and this is why, this is one of the things, because I, when you meet people in the online space, it, we had a conversation with one of my clients, Brittany, yesterday, and she mentioned, you know, it's tough. People, people always say, you know, how did you know to hire your coach or how did you, you weren't going to get scammed, basically. <laughs> and she mentioned, she was like, well, don't hire her. Don't hire don't hire me. Just listen to the podcast. Join the Facebook group. See what I'm saying for free. It's all out there. I do this work for real. And then you can make an informed decision. And for you, that was exactly what I did. Like, I just watch what you I didn't hire you right away. I just invited you on the podcast. Listen to some stuff. I always try to interact with people who I have on the show since I hand select everyone and I'm responsible for who I expose my audience to. So, you know, I, I was going to do that anyway. I took a class of yours and it was really, really good. Y'all need to just write that down. Who some of you all on here are waiting to get your first, you know, $5,000 plus speaking engagement. Some of you are waiting to get your first $50,000 speaking contract. Write out what you're going to do with the money. How does it look? Do you have your contract for it ready? Because it's going to happen. You start putting in the work. It's going to happen. Oh, so yes. good. Yes. And are you prepared for what you're praying for? You're asking for all these things. You want all these things. Are you prepared for that? And that's what the big budgets do. That's what the big money plans do. If you want to make 20K a month, okay, create your money plan. You want to make 100K a month, where's your money plan? Because the worst thing that you can do is get what you've asked for and not be prepared. So what would happen to you today if you got everything that you were asking for? If you would fluster and flounder, you got some planning and prep to do. And that is 99% of the time you haven't reason you haven't gotten it. And to speak to what you said about, you know, even when you hired me, you weren't just worried about getting scammed. Here's the thing. Yes, you want to follow somebody. Yes, you want to watch them. Yes, you want to uh, check out what they do because you have to do your due diligence. But you also did not come to me and expect for me to prove myself to you and do your due diligence for you. See, no. we're responsible for our own due diligence. 
we're responsible for our own decisions. So even when I recently hired a new coach and when I was looking for a coach over the past three to four months, I was watching, I was quiet. I was looking around doing my due diligence. And we have to do that in all of our decisions. That doesn't mean that we need to be slowful and making decisions, but we do need to make wise ones. And you know what? That's a really good point because I was already, when I go to someone to hire them, I already know I'm going to hire them. I don't, ask them a whole lot of stupid questions. Not to say the questions are dumb, but like, I'm not asking, like I have people that'll ask like, what's the difference between you and LegalZoom? I have it very rarely, but I'm like, I don't know. Cause I don't use LegalZoom and my clients don't either. <laughs> so, you know, like I, I really, I genuinely don't know, but that's a good point about doing your due diligence. And also there's not a, there's not really going to be a time when you're trying to hire someone and you're a hundred percent comfortable spending the money. <laughs> You, unless you just have it like that, unless you just have that it, part, there may be some times when like when I dropped the the figure to hire you and paid in full, because I don't know what your current rates are. So I don't talk about people's rates when I <laughs> dropped up the again. money to pay. <laughs> I was like, "Woo, OK, OK, we did that. But then when I did it and I was like, all right, you're on a new level now. I wasn't 100 percent like, oh, I just love spending this much money all the time. But my thought process when it comes to hiring, and this is something that I think you all should listening should implement when it comes to hiring a coach, doing sales and even buying different products and services. My thought process is always, OK, I dropped the money. If I learn one thing that I can implement, then I did good. Then I would that was a responsible purchase because I know myself and I know that if someone can give me clarity, insight and accountability and I can do one thing with the material, it's going to be worth it. That's so good. That is so good because I think that often we want people to be like the be all end all to all things. If I spend this money, this has to fix everything. And that's and why I don't take people's last. And I, don't. I don't give my last either. I don't. I turned somebody down. I think it was this morning. I was like, if you, that's the space that you're in, you need to make sure that this is the right move because I don't want your last dime. Now, be clear. There are times when you're in a situation and you are so led to make that move and you know that it's a faith move that you have to make. I honor that. But what I don't do is position that to people. Right. I'm not going to say, well, this is probably no, ma'am, no, sir. I'm not going to do that. I want people to make moves that they're confident in making, even if they're not confident in what I'm going to teach them. I want to be want them to be confident in the move that they're making, because it's it's scary to, to make some of these investments. I just made a scary one. I spent a lot of money in the last 30 days. Me and too. my husband oh had my to God. speak to me. <laughs> my husband had to be like, Felicia, you needed all of this. You're, the level you're going to, you had to do this. And I was like, you're right. Let me just get to work and make my money back. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's that's the other thing. It's like you realize, OK, I could do this. I can make this investment. And, you know, it's tough for people because a lot of people are like, oh, you know, people always want my money. They always want this. They want this. I don't want your money. Personally, if you work with me, it's for you. It's not like it's not for me to get the extra money, especially when it comes to coaching and consulting, because I do that. That's not the only thing that I do. And it's also not, it's not like if I don't coach another day, I won't eat another day. And I personally will always have multiple streams of income because I don't want anyone controlling my life by their dollar. 
And if they control my life by their dollar, then they basically own me and I can't talk freely anyways. I want to be yes. able to, be, to tell you the truth. If it's not a good fit, I want to tell you. If you're doing something wrong, I want to tell you. That's why you don't control me. No right. one client, no one thing controls me like that. But I, I do think it's important to make those investments. And it's hard to divorce a positive sales mindset from making investments. It just is. Yeah. Like people who do sales well make investments. They're always learning. They're always growing. They're always willing to invest. Absolutely. And that's because, you know, the market, not just the market, but life changes every day. My clients change, I change, I grow, and I have to make sure that I'm constantly moving forward. So the only way to stay up on game is to continue to invest in what I do, to continue to invest in my craft. I honestly think, you know, people would even steal content if they studied their craft enough, right? Mm -hmm. People don't study their craft. This is why so many people are worried about coming off salesy, because you don't have to be salesy if you study your craft. There are really seven major points to the sales process and I'll give them to you. It's really your entry point where a person meets you. Where do they meet you at? Is it an event? Is it your social media? What is it? Then there's the qualification process. Not only are you qualified to help them where they are, but are they qualified to come into your space to do the work? You don't have to take everybody's money. And then if they are, okay, what product are we selling? What, are, what is going to be the best fit for them? Because we have multiple ways to work with us, you know, the third thing we're going to do after we they come in, after we qualify, we're going to talk about how we can help them. Another thing, the fourth thing that most people skip is what have they been trying that isn't working? A lot of these coaches are telling people, don't worry about their previous coach. Don't worry about what they've done before. You have to because you need to know not only where you're moving them to, but where you're moving them from. And then the fifth thing is that trial close, making sure that you're on the same page with that individual. Because if you're not, then the sale is going to go wrong. You're going to leave a bad taste in their mouth and you're going to be bothered. And then, of course, you want to close the sale, but it, that does it. That, the sale happens before the sale happens. It's going to close mm -hmm. itself if you've done everything else right. And then finally, it's continue continuous follow-up, continuous follow-up, whether they come on board or not, because you should care about that individual. And if you follow that model, sales isn't going to be a problem. It's just a matter of you knowing your craft well enough to convey that process to those individuals. Oh, that was good. I'm writing in the comments now. That was so good. That was amazing. That was amazing. So seven mm -hmm. points of a sale, entry, qualification, how can we help? What if they tried that doesn't work? Trial close, close the sale, and then continuous follow-up. I love that. I love that. And we had a, um, a sales expert on who works in corporate sales for Lyft, and she talked about uh, getting feedback throughout the process too. So that could fall in the continuous follow-up. Continuous. But I really like what you said about, I think it was the, the trial close, seeing if yeah. it was a good fit. Can you talk more about what that looks like? Yes. So a trial close is basically understanding the position of the buyer. Where are they mentally? One, are they a good fit for not just what you're selling, but for you and your company? Everybody's not a good fit. Just because they have the money doesn't make them a good fit. And I think that's where a lot of people in the, especially the service-based business get caught up is because most people aren't used to working on commission. So we, a lot of us will come from this mindset of, I need every client. No, you don't. Because the second you take on a headache client, it's going to pull you away from everybody you're supposed to be serving. And if that happens to you, it's only happened to me once. But when it did happen, I fired them with the quickness. Not only did I release them, but I released them from the rest of that contract. I said, as a matter of fact, don't pay me another dime. 
because it goes back to like you said, you're not going to control me. You're not going to change my processes. You're not nope. going to change my structure. Now you are going to help me as my client to provide better service. So if I yes. have some holes and things like that, I need your feedback, but you're not going to change me as an individual and make us bend to your manipulation and control. And had I done my trial close properly, I would not have had that, in that issue. So that trial close allows you to really see what page that customer's on and what page you're on and, and as the individual or the company that's going to serve them. No, I think that that's so spot on. And one of the things that I've always been a firm believer in is not selling from a point of desperation. Let me clarify. This does not mean that I've always had money. It means that I've always sold from a mental space of I need nothing. And it's it's a, it's important to get in that space before you pitch, because then if they walk away from the deal, they walk away from the deal. It's just, just, just whatever. Like and, something else will come. It wasn't for you to begin with. What do you say to that? Because you talk about your story and personally not always having everything that you have now. How should people listening to this who are in the space where they haven't booked their first paid client, they think they're doing everything right. But if you haven't booked the paid client in a while, you probably have some holes there. We can talk about that later. But they're trying to figure out, like, how do they sell when they feel like they're in a place of desperation? Oh, wow. That's so good. Understand that the position of a salesperson is a position of authority. That's the first thing you got to do. Yes. Because you're the one with the product. You're the one with the service. You're the one with the expertise for whoever needs it. Even if you're product-based business, they need your stuff, right? And never walk into a room to discuss a deal that you, you wouldn't be willing to walk away from. I'm willing to walk away from every single deal, whether it's a sales call, if it's in the DMs or what have you. I'm willing to walk away because my sanity is first and foremost. I have to be sane for myself, for my marriage, for my children, for my family and friends. My sanity is first and foremost. And so if I'm not in a position of authority as a salesperson, I've already lost. Yep. It's a position of authority. And every time you hop on a sales call, every time you get in the DM or what have you, understand that you need to stand from a position of authority. I learned this as a salesperson from uh, my general manager, Mark Wright. I shout him out all the time because he changed my life. And he told me when I when he first started working with us and replaced our previous uh, general manager, I used to when I got ready to present numbers, I would come and sit next to the customer. And he said, Felicia, you're one of the best salespeople I've ever met in my life. He said, never lower your chair and come sit next to the customer. That is your desk. That is your seat. You're in the position of authority and you need not release that authority just because it's time for them to spend money. If anything, that is the time you show your authority the most because they're buying what you have to sell. And that changed my life. And so that is what we have to understand as people with as business owners, as salespeople, even those of you who are in a nine to five, you are the asset. That is why you're in that company. That doesn't mean you don't listen to your boss and you give your boss attitude, but it does mean you show up in the in the power that you have. And you have to command that authority before you ever get ready to close a customer or close a deal of any sort. I love that. And that and that really is only bolstered by the fact that you're actually good at what you do. So yeah. a lot of speakers come to me when they want to get more speaking business, of course, because it's called Speak Your Way to Cash. However, mm -hmm. what I think sometimes I skip over in counseling them and what they miss is that you have to actually be good. So the fact that you're a speaker, it's easy to tell if you're good or not. You just send them your speech. So prior to even getting on a call with me, my clients see me speak. They hear my yeah. review. 
because I send them before the first call. They see the, the videos. They see the TEDx talks. They see the reviews. I have references on deck. So that's already done. They shouldn't be getting on the phone with you asking, well, are you good at speaking? Have you ever spoken before? No, they should actually want to hire you before they get on. It's just a matter of whether or not they have the budget for it. So yeah. can you talk about on the, the first call, the qualifying call, what are some questions you should ask? What should you be doing and what shouldn't you be doing on that first call with the potential client? Oh, that's good. The first thing you should not be doing is coaching. You should not be operating in your craft in that aspect on your sales calls. That is the number one mistake that I see coaches make when they come to me is that they're coaching, they're pouring, they're giving all of themselves in this sales call. Mm -hmm. And now the person has a Band-Aid so they don't feel they're bleeding anymore. No, the goal is to open up the wound and find what the problem is so that you know if you're the right doctor. Because if not, maybe they need to be seeing a therapist. Maybe they need to have a different issue. Maybe you are the right person. And if that's the case, you need to be setting proper expectations. That's the main thing for a sales call is to set the proper expectations on what they can expect by working with you, not to make empty promises, but to set the tone because sometimes they'll realize, oh, I'm not ready to make this kind of commitment to myself. And you need to know that up front. So you want to make sure that you have set the proper expectations and you also do not need to use that call as a way to prove yourself. Yes. That's not the time for me to prove myself to you. I'm not here to sell you my greatness. I am here because you have identified that you need me to assist you. So I'm going to tell you how I can do that. And then if we come to an agreement on how I'm going to do that, then we'll move forward. But that's really all a sales call is for. My last few sales calls, I've actually gotten away from sales calls. A lot of people just come to me and say, Felicia, you're taking clients. But my last two sales calls were about six minutes. One, one lady said, Felicia, I already know what you do. I already know you the one. I just need to know if you're taking clients. I just want to know if I can come on board. I just want to know, is it mastermind format? Like, what is the format? And can I come on board? Because I know you the one. She paid in full. Five mm -hmm. figures. Boom. Move. Make a move. The next lady, DM. Uh, Felicia, I'm headed to the bank because I know I'm going to need to tell my bank about this transaction because I already know you five figures. I just want to know if you think I'm ready. Let's chat about that. Okay, you're ready. Let's go, right? Yes. We are not pouring on the sales call. We're not doing that. I did that in the beginning because I didn't have the confidence and I didn't realize that, oh, wait, hold on. I'm dope. I'm great. Look at what I've done. Go check my track record. I am to the space. And you have to be okay telling somebody to Google you without feeling like you're acting stuck up. Go ahead and tell them to Google you. If you can't be Googled, you need more YouTube videos. You need some SEO. And let me be clear, because we sometimes think that coaching individuals is so different from corporate selling. It's not different. Nope. And, and I know it's not different because I recently had a, a corporate client that was like, you know, I really want to, first off, we want to work with you and we just want to pay you almost $2,000 less. And I told them, uh, and, they, and they said they want to do that because, you know, we want to pay less because you're not traveling, blah, blah, blah. My rate doesn't include no. travel. I never told them it included travel. So that doesn't make any difference. And I told them the rate that they were getting was the starting rate. Yeah. And, and I'm willing to walk away from the deal. It's not a problem. It's not a problem for me, especially because think about it, guys. Do you want people, and this is, I don't know if you all, 50 Cent has a good book out. I don't agree with everything yes. he says, but his book is really good. And it's a part in the book where he talks to Floyd Mayweather and he says, Floyd, this man that you're about to fight, he's trying to take food out your kid's mouth. When that company told me they wanted to pay me almost two grand less than my rate and they're a company, a large company, my husband was like, oh no, they trying to take food out our daughter's mouth. I was like, absolutely yes. not. I responded with the quickness. And the you know, and then they followed up. 
that's disrespectful. And they followed up like, well, we've talked to other consultants and they think we may need to do this because it's going to be this. And I was like, I'm going to be very honest with you. The biggest difference between me and everyone else that you're talking to is I'm a professional speaker. My last engagement that I did had 90% interaction and it was more than 70 people on a Zoom call. 100% of them said that they found value in the presentation and learned at least one thing they could implement that day. Let me know when you're ready to move forward. Like that was the last email. I'm not going back and forth with you explaining Mm -hmm. what the consultant did. I don't know those people. Mm -mm. Here's the thing. If you have to choose between me and them, pick them. Choose them. If you're confused, don't be confused. (laughs) I want to make it easy for you. I want to be a benefit. I believe that you interacting with me on any level is a benefit to you. So the fact that you're interacting with me right now, telling me that you're trying to choose between me and someone else, I'm going to really showcase my value and be a benefit to you by removing myself from the situation and making your job easier. If I have to come back and fix it, it is going to cost more. And that now that happens a lot on the legal side. (laughs) People try to DIY it and then come back and get legal work. And I understand why people want to save money, but it's very, very true. You know, guys, we are experts. And the fact of the matter is when you get to the point of talking to a client, they found you by some way, shape or form. So you don't really need the exposure they're trying to offer and you don't really need these lower level amounts. And it, and when I talk about not negotiating with clients, we're talking about deals under $10,000. We're talking about the difference between 8,000 and 10,000. Like that's not where you negotiate. Now, when contracts are over the $35,000 mark, there may be some things we can negotiate. But if you take away money, I take away services. Take away, period. Yeah. I'm going to take away some value. I'm not going to do all the same work for less money. Now, if you want less work, I'll take less money. If you don't want to operate at this level, that's totally okay if your budget doesn't allow. Let's get to where your budget allows. Now that you may lose some access to me and that's okay. But if you want the same access, I'm going to need the same check. Period. Like that's just it. And it's the same whether you're talking to individuals or whether you're talking to companies. And and I almost always know when a company is not the right fit for me, when they email and don't want to do a consultation, they just want the rate. They're like, just give me your rate. I was like, well, I don't even know what you need. Mm -mm. And you don't know what you need because you're reaching out to me for a particular service that you don't have within your organization. So how can I give you a rate when I don't know what you need and you don't know what you need? What it's telling me is you don't have a large budget, which means I'm probably not the right fit for you. Yeah. And I started to tell corporate clients I'm only taking contracts that are on a quarterly basis because I don't want to do a one-off engagement for a couple grand or 10, like it's just at some point that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. time out of your day when you could be working on larger deals and engagements. Yeah, I totally agree. And I had to make that move, you know, as I started speaking more and, you know, as I started having these multiple streams of income, I had this shift a couple of years ago and someone came to me, I think it was a company and it was this back and forth over $2,000 or an attempt to go back and forth. And I remember telling my husband, I said, I'm not going to argue with somebody over $2,000. And I didn't realize that I had become that person until it came out of my mouth. And I said, oh, wow, I have shifted because at some point the money that you used to desire becomes not a lot of money anymore. I'm to the point, I'm not going to argue with you over 5,000. I'm not going to argue with you over 10,000. I'm not going to argue with you over that. I'm just going to let you go and work with someone who's not of my caliber quite yet because they may be very good, but they probably don't have the receipts that I have and they probably don't have the clientele level that I have. And that doesn't mean that they're not great. It just doesn't mean they probably don't have as much guarantee. And so you're welcome to take your less money and go and take a risk somewhere else. However, I'm not going to do your due diligence for you. And sometimes that due diligence that they want to do is paying you pennies so they can test you out. I'm not a Mercedes. This is not a test drive. You're going to have to pay. 
you got to be okay with that. Be okay with that. And for most of you listening, the fact that you're listening to this podcast, listening to this interview, you're watching, you're taking notes, you're trying to make yourself better. You are not the person that doesn't deserve the 10, 20, 30, 40, $50,000. You are not the person that shouldn't be paying more. You may be the person that doesn't know that you deserve to have 10, 15, 20, 30, $40,000 clients. But what I find is most black women aren't out here lying about their expertise. Nope. We're not doing that. If anything, we're underselling our value. We're not overselling it. I mean, we're just not. I've worked with people who are doctors, right, for some of the largest like publications in the world. And they're still like, I don't know if I could get that. And I'm like, yeah, I do. It's OK. <laughs> like, I'm gonna go yeah. right, we'll, we'll figure it out. But we aren't underselling it. Most of us just aren't underselling it. So the fact of the matter is, go get the check. It was what you said about commanding a rate. Like some people have to ask for money, but other people can command a rate. That was yeah. so powerful. So tell us about that. And then I'm going to get all your social handles so people can connect with you. So what I said um, and what I truly believe is that there comes a time where you shift from what the market will pay to the rate you can command. And when you make that shift, it's going to be because you walked away from some deals. You're going to have to tell some people no before you can start commanding a rate. I've had so many people in the auto industry come to me over the past couple of years and say, Fee, will you come and work in this store? Will you come do finance? Will you come? No, I'm not. Unless you're paying me 300K and I can work two days a week, it's not happening. And they don't have the budget for that. But it's okay. You have to make that shift. You got to walk away from some deals so that you can command a rate because people pay me what I can command. When I came into the game 2016 online on Periscope, let me date myself. When I came in, when Periscope was popping before Facebook had a live stream, that's when I was wondering what the market will pay. But no, build your offers, write your proposals and ask for the money. If you yep. don't do anything else after that, ask for the money. Command your ask, ask for the money. And for the corporate heroes that are on here, she's so right. And let me just tell you this small piece of my story in case you all do not know it. People ask how I was able to leave my $300,000 job. Well, first I had to make $300,000. Everyone else at that time at my rank was probably around 215, 220. But another firm wanted me to come there. And I told them I am not even considering your offer unless it equate to $300,000 or more. And I was saying that because I didn't want to leave. I wanted to walk away from the offer. I didn't want to leave my current position. But when they came back with the check, I was like, okay. And then 70 grand of it was up front in my yeah. bank account before I even worked my first day. Now, yeah. when it happened, I was like, okay, I'm going to make a little move. I'm going to make a move. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it. So that's also when I learned that money does not buy happiness for real, for real. And so I left. I left and I didn't like it. But I asked for that. They weren't, they, people aren't out here giving you what you deserve and giving you what you're mm -hmm. worth. No one's giving you anything, especially when you are a Black person in America. Can we, like, no one is out here giving Black women extra money for work done. No. They're mm -mm. not. We are out mm -mm. here commanding rates. Those of us that want to be paid well, we are commanding. Yeah. That is what we should be paid. So, you know, keep that in mind, guys. Like people are out here asking for what they want. That's how they're getting it. Things are not being handed to people. And once you realize that, then you can start putting in work to get what you want because you realize, man, because people think I'm lucky out here. Like she just oh, and I'm man. favored. I'm blessed and I'm all of that. But I'm not I'm not at home. And Forbes is just calling me. I was yeah. doing a podcast, happened to interview someone, and the woman I interviewed happened to write for Forbes and asked, would I like to be featured? Yes. 
<laughs> but I was doing something for her to find me. She ended up loving the show, becoming a client, like all this stuff. But it was from me doing something. People aren't out here getting lucky, guys. They are mm-hmm. putting in work. And there is the same work they do, you can do and get results too. That part, that's so true. You know, I believe that the gender inequality, as far as the money gap, it wouldn't be as big as it was if women started asking for their money. Demanding it. women went in there and saying, you know what, I'm qualified for this. I'm going to apply because Bob over here applied and had three of the 15 qualifications and I have 12 of them. I'm Not only am I going to apply, I'm going to ask for more than they're saying the job is going to pay. If you get that type of seriousness about what you do and start asking for your money, I'm telling you the gap will disappear. Because if, if you decide you're not going to stand for it, it'll disappear. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I was the highest paid associate, black, whiter, and different. And I was young and black. And they were like, we'll make you partner sooner. So, I mean, it was a crazy deal. But, and you know what else? I didn't know to ask for that much money, but for an older mentor of mine saying, no, 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 people are getting $100,000 signing bonuses. Get your money. So the whole thing, I saw something recently about people not posting their salary or not talking about what you make. The fact of the matter is we're too silent on money and we do need to talk about what we make. We do need to talk about the fact that people are getting six-figure signing bonuses in corporate America. What could you do with the $85,000 net check? How would that change your family's life? I didn't know that that was what it was. But once my friend told me, I was like, oh, say less. I'm asking for it because they're coming to me trying to interrupt my day to day. (laughs) So you we do need to be a little more open with how we're getting these things done, because some people just don't know that they can get these deals done. And people need to be okay talking about money, not just talking about budgeting because their favorite guru was talking about budgeting. People need to be okay talking about money full circle. So I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Like everything you've said, I think you're awesome. I've worked with Felicia Kelly. We're on our first out of four sessions. So it's been amazing so far. If you all want to work with her, how can they work with you? Uh, We're in the process of a major rebrand. We have a couple of things available between our course, our accelerator and our academy. Um, Simply send me a DM on Instagram at being Felicia Kelly um, on Facebook at Felicia Kelly International while we're in the middle of this rebrand. You can go to FeliciaKelly.com. We have a contact form there, but those are the the ways to contact us while we're in the middle of this rebrand. Awesome. You will not regret it. It was amazing. And I went to, I had a class with Felicia. It was really good. And then I'm also doing her VIP day. So I think it's great. Personally, you all know, I don't, I've never recommended anyone who I haven't personally worked with. And everyone I've worked with has been great. I've never lost money on a coach. So I don't know how you all are getting, you know, your money snatched up and all that. I've personally never lost money on a coach. Every investment I've made has paid dividends and the people have been top notch. Now, People I work with aren't going to be holding your hand and dealing with all your your personal life stuff. They're going to work with your business. <laughs> so don't don't you know, you got to get your personal life together. But on the business side, talk to Felicia, talk to the people that I recommend to you guys. So that's awesome. And give us your Instagram one more time before we close out. Our, my Instagram is at being Felicia Kelly. All right. And guys, if you do not know already, we are coming up on the retreat. It's in October we have eight seats left. It's ashleynicolekirkwood.com slash 2020 retreat. But thank you guys so much for joining us. And I will talk to you all soon. All right. Wasn't that interview amazing? If you're anything like me, you have pages full of notes. But here's the thing. Before you head out, I want you to go to facebook.com and join the Speak Your Way to Cash Facebook group. That is where I am. That's where a ton of other speakers are, a ton of other people who listen to the show all we all congregate there and chat 
and it's 100% free. Now, if you're ready to take your speaking career to the next level, I have two ways for you to do that. One, you can go to ashleynicolekirkwood.com slash SYWTC live replay and pick up the live replay. That training is seven modules, chock full of information. It's crazy. Go over there, read all about it. Or if you want a more personal experience, you're already... You already know that you want to be a speaker. You're ready to fully commit and you want someone to walk you through it and save you tons of time Googling and doing it on your own. Then book a VIP day with me. You can go to AshleyNicoleKirkwood.com. Scroll down until you see the VIP day section and get more information on that there. All right. Thank you guys again for watching. Please do not forget to leave us a review. That is how we keep this train rolling and get some of the best speakers in the world to get on this show. So please, please, please leave a review. Shoot me a message on Facebook or Instagram and Facebook in the Speaker Way to Cash group, Instagram at, at the Ashley Nicole Show. And I'd be more than happy to chat with you and say hi. All right, y'all have an awesome, awesome day.